Welcome to Let's Talk Cake. I'm Carrie. And I'm Savannah. And on today's episode, we will be talking to Brian from Brian Bakes Cakes. Cakes can truly just steal the show of a party. I approach mixing frosting the same way that I would mix paint. I'm ready to do more. I need to do more. Send me your cake recipes. Send me everything you have. I Send me everything. You know, baking is... It's such a craft. All of your senses are involved, and it's such an expression, and it's cozy, and it's so rewarding. Honestly, I'm sure everyone has been touched by cake in some way. So this week in the bakery was actually kind of fun. It kind of brought us full circle back to our beginning. Um, Just a little story about when we were first starting out. We did a couple of cakes for a fundraiser. My son was playing basketball. And this is like right at the beginning of when we started. Like Like within (laughs) the first month, really, really early on. And so we were actually really excited to kind of like get our name out there more. He needed to raise money. And so we were like, oh, we'll make some really awesome cakes and hopefully they'll go for a lot. Yeah. And it was a silent auction and all the money was going to go to his account. And so we made these cakes and we made them look really good. I mean, they were great. They were great cakes. And So we had two of them there, and they were packaged nicely and covered and looked really professional. And, um, yeah, it was not good. (laughs) (laughs) We would would just, like, so the stadium or the gymnasium, it was, like, right in the center, and then on the outside was kind of like a track. Yeah. And that's where all of the things were set up. So there were all types of things to auction off. But we would just, like, periodically walk past ours. And either there were no bids or little by little, there were like such low it bids. It was so <laughs> low. In fact, um, my we actually put a bid on from my dad because we didn't want it to be like we were bidding for our <laughs> own stuff. And so we put a bid under my dad's name and he ended up winning it. He was the only bid on that one. And on and the it, other it one, much either. it wasn't much. <laughs> and on the other one, it was um, a couple of really low bids. And so we went home thinking it was a complete bust. Yeah, kind of kind of saddening to our egos like actually embarrassing. <laughs> it was kind of embarrassing how low they'd gone yeah. for and to have my dad walk out of the fundraiser with our cake was just kind of humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> but about 2 weeks later, we got a phone call from the dads of one of my son's teammates and he said, "Is this really you? My son said this was your business." And we let him know it was, and they have been honestly probably in the top two or three of our customers for coming back and referring people. And And just wanting unique stuff. Like they always, they wanted like a puppy cake or a flower garden or like just all types of fun things. And they always leave it up to us, which is really kind of exciting. They give us some freedom. But this week they had a pretty specific order. So they had a son that was turning 18 during the midst of all this coronavirus quarantining stuff. And so he said that it was very disappointing because this 18-year-old son had been looking forward to this birthday for a long time. And so they had us do a cake for him that was the virus. (laughs) And then we did matching cupcakes so that they could, that were all individually wrapped so that they could put them around on the lawn at six six foot intervals (laughs) so that all of his friends could come and sing happy birthday to him and then take a cupcake with him. And I thought that was just a really cool idea to, you know. still bring his friends and still celebrate his birthday, but 
obviously six feet apart. And yeah. <laughs> so kind of a creative way to, to let him know that people were thinking about him. And then yeah. all of his friends got to go away with a, a little virus cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually made him look like the, the virus. So that was yeah kind of was, morbid, but funny. It was fun. <laughs> and then also part of this week, we did a little Instagram flash sale. And I don't know about all of you, um, but we, we've we tried Instagram flash sales, and we, we've we seen lots of people succeed. They, like, post about it, and then, like, 10 minutes later say... Everything's gone. Yeah, everything's <laughs> gone. And so we've tried it before, and it just has not worked. Like, they just don't work for us. They don't. We They've bombed on us so many times, and we've just kept trying and plugging along, and every time it's just kind of embarrassing. And, yeah. oh, we sold one this time, and it's yeah. not even really worth doing <laughs> because, you, you know, you know how it is, but... Anyway, this week, yeah, we did. um, So in our dessert catering menu, we have dessert waffles um, and they're like liege Belgian waffles. They're just so good. They've got the caramelized sugar pearls. So super delicious. And anytime we make them, we definitely set aside a few for us. (laughs) But yeah, this weekend we just did a little flash sale for those and it worked. You guys, we had like how many dozen? We had 12 dozen orders. Yeah. So it was super exciting and it finally worked. And I guess the moral of the story is just to plug along, keep trying. And (laughs) that's kind of the moral of both of our stories is don't be discouraged when things don't go great at first or second or third or fourth or fifth or whatever. (laughs) But just keep trying because eventually you might actually have some success at it. And so our embarrassing showing at the fundraising auction turned into a really good and loyal customer that we love baking for. And our flash sale worked this weekend. Yep. And who knows, maybe the next flash sale won't be quite <laughs> quite as big of a hit, but this one actually did come in come in very I don't know, coming at a good time. Yeah. <laughs> we needed it this week too. Yeah, it was for sure. it was good timing for us and it was also fun to be doing something and, and a little bit exciting to have it be succeeding. So Exactly. So don't give up. But yeah, let's just get right to it and start start with Brian. Let's get him on. How are you, Brian? I am fantastic. How are you both? Good. good. We're doing good. We're so excited to have you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk cake. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Cake has become a verb and an adjective and <laughs> caking and all that stuff. All new words lately, huh? Absolutely. You know what? We, I'm, I'm good with making up new words, though. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So why don't you give us a little bit of your backstory, how you got involved in doing cakes? Uh, so I, I, this is a complete hobby for me. I'll have to say I, uh, have zero training in the baking slash pastry world. Uh, I, I think like most people love a good, uh, food show. So whether that's great British baking show, you know, pick a, a show on food network. I love to watch it. I've been watching them for years and, um, I don't know why, but all of a sudden, about a year or so ago, I'm like, I could do that. Uh, the cocky self in me was like, dude, anyone can do this, right? So <laughs> so uh, I asked uh, Santa for some baking stuff for Christmas, and uh, lo and behold, it uh, appeared, and I, uh, I kind of took it from there. And uh, so my first real stacked, frosted, you know, using... <laughs> baking tools cake uh was january 2019 and the rest yep yep so just over a year now 
So wow. I guess you weren't even being cocky. You you did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I still have a lot to learn. I mean, anyone who looks at my cakes, I know, you know, we got flaws there. You know, we, we have a front side and a back side. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, it's, you know, I, I love to constantly learn, grow and challenge myself. I have to say I'm pretty impressed that this is a year's worth of work because your stuff is really cool. You're you're really good at it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Like I said, it's um it's it's a challenge to myself to try and think outside of the box and come up with something new. I really like to be different with each and every bake. So um that right there is I think a a, a challenge unto itself for me. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about outside of the box, I know based on your Instagram that your your kind of niche type of thing is cakes and cocktails. So tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, absolutely. So, um, I, you know, it's funny. I don't know. I don't know really where it came from. Uh, I have a pretty extensive home bar. Uh, I, I've always loved to entertain and I think, um, you know, at least with my group of friends, we always gravitate towards the bar. Um, so I have a traditional at home, a bar counter with bar stools, back bar, front bar, and we just all gravitate towards that area. And I usually get behind the bar and start making things for people. Uh, I love to entertain and host. So, uh, I think, you know, getting into this fun baking thing, uh, I needed to find something for myself, a little hook, something that made me stand out. Um, you know, I guess there's not many male bakers out there, so that might be a, something that made me stand out to begin with. But uh, I thought, how fun would it be to figure out ways to kind of bring my favorite cocktails to life in dessert form? Uh, and I think that's kind of just what, what started it from there. So what do you think is your like most resounding success? Well, so it was actually one of the very first ones I made, and my friends are still asking for it. Uh, it it's my margarita cake. Okay. Uh, and I just actually re redid it. I did a little cake glow up for uh, National Margarita Day this last year uh, and uh, got to recreate it with kind of, you know, after after learning new techniques and, and figuring out, you know, a little bit of a more professional polish to to my style. All right. So can you give us a little rundown of what is in the margarita cake? Absolutely. So um, I kind of took a basic vanilla cake mix, uh, but beefed it up with a little lime zest and, of course, tequila. So that's kind of the first thing I like to do with um, the actual bake itself is figure out uh, I'm going to sub in one of the, the alcohols that is the kind of the, the most um, dominant flavor in, in that cocktail that I'm looking at baking. So for this one, I took uh, probably about three quarters of the liquid out and subbed it in for tequila uh, and then just added in a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit of milk instead of a, a full amount. And then uh, layered in there. Uh, I soak it in tequila. So again, you know, when you bake, uh, some of that flavor goes out uh, and definitely some of the alcohol content. So I got to add it back in, of course. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I soaked uh, each layer with tequila and then it's filled with a lime curd and a little bit of uh, lime zest. And then my outside buttercream, I want to bring in. So a traditional margarita usually has triple sec or some of that little uh, orange flavor to it. So I added some triple sec to my kind of finished coat buttercream. Uh, and that was essentially my margarita flavor. Wow. There we go. So have you ever had any complete failures? Like, all right, that did not work. 
yes, absolutely. I think we all have. But um, I mean, I've physically thrown a cake in the trash. Uh, <laughs> most of the time when I try to incorporate too much of a liquid filling. So I was doing a strawberry daiquiri cake and I soaked my strawberries in uh, rum, add a little bit of sugar, but it was definitely too liquid when I tried to fill it. And I did a crumb coat, thought I sealed it up nice and well. And then in the fridge, it literally just started seeping and oh. oozing, <laughs> pulled it out, tried to like keep pushing it to level it back up and get it to, uh, to get stacked properly. And it literally just snapped in half, the cake crumbled and the whole thing just fell apart. Um, it was, it was such a disaster. I had to completely rebake it and remake it. And of course that one was a gift for a friend. So <laughs> there was no just calling it quits. I had to actually make it work. So maybe next time you try that one, you could use like freeze dried strawberries or something. So you have less liquid. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Freeze dried strawberries. Um, I also think what I might do is, uh, slice up kind of bigger strawberries and maybe not as fine of a dice. I think that actually adds some fun texture in the middle of the cake okay. too. Um, and then try soaking those in a little bit of, um, of booze so that there's less liquid and it's kind of more just absorbed into the strawberry slice. You definitely go. have a theme, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't want people out there. I know not everyone drinks. I absolutely respect that. I have friends who don't. Um, so, you know, I definitely make cakes that are inspired by fun flavors and fun cocktail flavors, but I do have a whole drawer full of flavor enhancers that are non-alcoholic. Uh, so that way we can still uh, enjoy it. Plus, I also have a lot of um, friends with, you know, kids. So my my pseudo nieces and nephews, and I absolutely, um, when I'm baking for them, of course, do, you know, kid-friendly cakes as well. They just may not look, uh, (laughs) they may not look like, you know, fun kid characters, because I usually make them uh, at least have an abstract design. But, you know, they taste, they taste kid-friendly. Speaking of the design, where do you get your inspiration for your designs? Because going through your Instagram, you have some really interesting cakes. And (laughs) and I mean that in a, I mean that in the very best way. They're very cool. Um, you know, inspiration comes all over, uh, for me, most definitely. Um, so my degree at school is actually in architecture. So I have a passion for design, you know, kind of from the very beginning, I love, um, you know, different architectural shapes, uh, you know, kind of the play of structure, color and kind of incorporates that as well. So really that kind of background in architectural history and, and design, uh, is a lot of my style base, but I also m- probably like most people, I'll lay in bed and fall down the Pinterest rabbit hole at night, or um, you know, I'll start googling a theme and then kind of jump from picture to picture until I find something that just looks really cool or something that stands out. And I have a a Pinterest folder where I save all of my uh, cake inspiration images from, um, and even like. In, the most random of places, a coworker was wearing a really cool shirt the other day. And I said, okay, stop. I need to take a picture of your shirt so I can turn it into a cake. (laughs) Um, And I did, I haven't posted it yet, but um, it's a really cool, um, uh, I made a a gelatin or a wafer paper slash fabric sheet that kind of drapes over a black cake. It's kind of really fun and totally different. Okay. So the, does that mean that you are an architect by day, cake maker by night? 
Uh, I was for for a hot second. Uh, so after I graduated college, I did go work for an architecture firm. Um, but believe it or not, I realized a couple years into it that it wasn't as creative as I was hoping it was going to be. Um, it was a lot of computer work, a lot of drafting and drawing, and not really me getting to play with my kind of fun creative outlets. So I left that industry, and now I actually get to sell and design events for a living. Okay. So I uh, I plan really cool parties, uh, design fun weddings, and also work on kind of big corporate conventions as well. So wow. definitely get to, yeah, I get to be creative, design, you know, cool sets, um, fun parties, uh, and kind of do that by day. And then uh, I come home and design cakes at night. So do you work for someone or is it your business? Uh, I work for a very large corporate company. Um, and so I am, I am just a, a cog in the, the giant machine of the uh, corporate world. A cog but, that gets to create. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, I get to be a sparkly creative cog at least. <laughs> um, and it's funny, you know, my, uh, my friends and everyone, they're like, you have a very creative job as it is. Why do you need another creative outlet? Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm just, I can't sit still, first of all. Uh, when I come home, I'm constantly doing something. Before it was cakes. Uh, it was redesigning each room in my house. How do, you know, I can't, I can't have something, you know, after a couple of years, I get tired of it. So new wallpaper, new furniture, new paint. Um, you know, I have a huge garden in my backyard that uh, I grow a lot of fruits and vegetables that I actually oh, bake cool. and cook with. So, you know, back in, you know, well, coming up in the summer and spring, I'll be out there with the extra daylight hours gardening and working on, um, on the yard. So I can't sit still. And, um, you know, just the, the creative juices are constantly flowing. So the, the baking has definitely taken up uh, a lot of that time uh, that uh, I need to kind of burn <laughs> and the energy I need to burn. So... If you're making, how, how many cakes a week would you say you make? Oh, it definitely, uh, definitely depends. If I, if I got a little overambitious and signed up for too many collaborations, <laughs> I could be making three or four a week. Um, on average, I say it's probably about one to two. Um, okay. I have a couple days a week that I've devoted to just coming home and for a couple hours after I make dinner. I'll, uh, I'll stay in the kitchen and kind of just do whatever phase of that cake I'm in. I usually end up taking about three days overall to make one of my cakes. Um, and that's just because I spread it out. Um, you know, I'm not doing it full time. So I get, you know, I get a little exhausted after two to three hours standing up and, and working in the kitchen. So I'll put it away so I don't get kind of creatively drained and I'll, I'll sleep on it and come back the next day to work on it. Okay. So are most of your cakes then for these collaborations or do you have friends kind of ordering or you're just doing out of the kindness of your heart? What what does it really look like as far as why you're making the cake? I will say first and foremost, as, as kind of bougie and, and you know, self-indulgent as it sounds, I definitely am creating for content for Instagram. Yeah. Um, I, right? Uh, it's it's fun. I like showing the different things that are out there. I'm definitely will take, you know, if someone requests something and wants to order, um, if it fits into my schedule, um, I'm happy to to take a look at that. Again, this is not my, it's not my goal to turn this into a full-time business necessarily. I mean, if down the road something happened and I was able to, uh, you know, quit my day job and turn this into a full-time thing, maybe. 
But uh, as I tell most people, if I had to do it, I don't think it would be as fun for me. Um, as weird as that may sound, like I, I don't want to be forced to have to do it because, mm-hmm. you know, then it becomes another full-time job. Yeah. Totally. So, um, so yeah, so right now I'm creating it for, for what I want to do, what I want to make. And then my friends get very lucky and, um, get to enjoy eating them at least yes. once, if not twice a week. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you, what do you do with all your cakes? Because that's a lot of cake. <laughs> it's, it's totally a lot of cake and i think my friends are actually getting burnt out they're so sweet <laughs> that. um but uh but yeah no we um i have a, a kind of a close group of friends and we're we do dinner at least once if not twice a week and um they always get to enjoy what crazy flavor i come up with uh they also know that uh when it's their birthday they get to request whatever flavor they want from me uh, as long as they understand that on the outside, it's going to be whatever I want it to look like. <laughs> that's but, cool. um, but yeah, so that's kind of what happens. Or I'll bring it into work. Um, my coworkers, uh, they love they love this new hobby as well, and they all have a sweet tooth, so they get to benefit from that. Perfect. Nice. Well, honestly, yeah. I love that you are just doing it as a hobby because I think so much of the time people think that oh, I do need to make money from this. I mean, I'm taking the time to do it, so why not make money? But a lot of the times you just need to do something that you enjoy and that you love and and that's just fun for you. And so I think that's really cool that you are just keeping it a hobby right now. Who knows what it'll be in a few years, but just just taking the time to have fun with it. Absolutely. And, and I will say I am absolutely fortunate to be able to do that. Um, you know, I, I have a, a, a nice, comfortable life, a great full-time job and supportive family and friends um, that allow me to be able to do this. So, um, you know, there, there are times where I don't go out or I'm too exhausted because I've just spent two hours making cake mm-hmm. and I'd rather sit in on the couch and watch TV and turn my brain off uh, instead of going out and meeting up with friends or whatever. But um you know, everyone is supportive uh, of that. And it's not, it's not an inexpensive hobby either, as everyone listening knows. Um, You know, there's always the latest tool and gadget that you want. I kind of have a sprinkles addiction. Um, (laughs) I have an entire wall in my pantry that's spice rack, but not spice, just filled with sprinkle bottles. Um, and that rack is full and I'm like, it's now piling everywhere. Um, and, and it's funny, if you look at my cakes, I don't use a lot of sprinkles in my designs, but I love them. It's just good to have, right? It's just fun to look at. It's kind of a bad problem to have. Um, so what, what's your favorite, where do you get your favorite sprinkles and what are your favorite sprinkles? Oh, I can't play favorites. Um, <laughs> Everyone is amazing. I mean, I um, I started off with fancy sprinkles. Um, I got for my birthday uh, when I first started out, my mom bought me the monthly subscription um, because, again, I don't think anyone thought I would keep this up for that long. And so she was like, sure, I'll buy you the monthly subscription. I uh, didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> many, many people now have it, but, uh, but I started off with, with their monthly. So it was every month, you know, you would, the, the mail would come, I'd get a box and then I would do a little unboxing and it was a surprise as to what you were going to get. Um, oh my gosh, talk about addictions. Like, oh, what am I going to get? It was, uh, it was so fun waiting by, like, waiting by the door for the, the box to come. Um, and then I would try to figure out how do I design a cake around that kind of monthly sprinkle look. 
Um, and then from there, it kind of totally grew. I bought the uh, Suita Polita advent calendar this last year. And oh my gosh, that was, talk about again, addictions. Uh, I sound like I'm, I, I definitely have an addictive personality. <laughs> um, but uh, it was really fun to, you know, see what, um, what the latest little bottle was going to bring. And it was great because they designed it so that it wasn't just all holiday sprinkles. There's stuff that you can use year round. Um, in their in that kind of collection, so um, that was I really thought fun. we were going to be talking about your cocktails, and it sounds like you've got a thing about sprinkles just as much <laughs> as cocktails. <laughs> you know what? I do, I do. I just anything that that's fun and creative, like the the process and the thought and the color theory that goes into kind of combining sprinkle colors and looks together. Um, is just fascinating to me. The shapes, the, you know, metallics, the, the, the little tiny details in royal icing, all of that, again, is just the design behind that is what I think I'm obsessed over. So um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of crazy. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so besides sprinkles, what kind of tools do you like to use the most in your work? Oh my gosh. So I discovered not too, too long ago, the cake safe acrylics and they are life changing. Um, so the discs get me the like sharpest and straightest edges imaginable. I don't know how I worked uh, a cake without them going back and looking at kind of seeing my angles, you know, either sloped in or outwards and my struggle with getting a, a, a clean edge. Um, it's totally morphed since I discovered them. Oh. Absolutely, absolutely love those tools. Um, a great, nice, you know, scraper. Uh, I just recently bought a blowtorch. It's really fun. But um, I actually, my my kitchen setup, my cake counter is right next to the stove. So I literally just hold my scraper over <laughs> over the burner and um, and get it nice and hot. And it gets me nice, smooth, smooth edges. Um what else do I love? My other must-have is definitely uh, the clear cake, uh, cake disc, cake board. Uh, I currently am using the ones I picked up at the Amalfi Decor uh, year-end clearance sale. It was amazing. Uh, it was kind of, again, like Christmas, but all over again. I waited in line <laughs> for over an hour, but totally worth it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there was nothing more uh, annoying to me than looking at these amazing pictures of cakes and then seeing a white cake board underneath it or kind of the cardboard, unfinished cardboard edge. That was before I discovered a nice cake drum. But... um. I went to the acrylic disc and not only is it reusable, which is great, but, um, but it just disappears into the background. So you can see the cake, you can see the stand and you don't have to worry about the whiteboard beneath it. So definitely uh, a must have for me and something that I, uh, I will never go back to a, a white cardboard board again. Cool. I, I will have to take a closer look at your pictures and look for that acrylic disc. Cause I, <laughs> maybe exactly. we won't even that's find the point. them. It just kind of totally disappears. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. So as far as you've kind of gone over like the products that you must have, but it seems to me from your Instagram that most of your your mediums are buttercream, but there are a lot of like isomalt, chocolate. What what is your go to kind of medium for making your cakes? Absolutely. So um, I am definitely a buttercream guy. Uh, I I um I actually just go with traditional American buttercream. Uh, a, because I'm self-taught, it was the easiest for me to learn and make. Uh, it's also pretty darn fast. So I can just literally throw it in the mixer while I'm doing uh, 12 million other things and then come back and, and get it and it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, and it depends on the design. I don't, I don't focus on one, 
one item over another because it's my favorite. I usually go with what the design kind of indicates, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I am not a fondant lover. Uh, I don't like the taste of it. I don't like having to peel it off before eating. Uh, I know you can get some amazing designs with it, but if I can achieve something similar without having to use it, that is definitely the route I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, like I said, it really depends on what what um what I'm trying to achieve. I love uh, playing with isomalt. Uh, the blisters on my fingers prove that. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh gosh, I've cut myself, burned myself, you name it. I have scars all over my hands. But that goes all the way back to architecture school when I was working with Exacto blades. Um, I nicked the tip of my fingers so many times <laughs> um but uh but it's a yeah. dangerous job <laughs> oh it's absolutely a dangerous job and i will take that danger for you people <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so um you know isomalt's really cool i love the that kind of clarity that you can get that kind of transparency uh gives you a really cool effect um chocolate work you know candy melts i really uh again because i'm and i'm totally gonna admit to this i'm a total lazy caker so uh you know the melting and tempering chocolate and all of that probably the proper way to do it but i'm not going to because it (laughs) takes you know one extra step and i just really don't feel like doing that (laughs) so uh, i will throw some candy melts in the microwave give it a stir and then play around with it until uh until it gets me what i need it to do um so definitely love the versatility versatility of the candy melt um and then you know um i i also have a a big tub of gum paste in my uh kind of pantry of supplies i love um you know i love working with it but my the big downside is that it takes a long time to dry so if i have the time and the luxury of planning far enough ahead for a bake you know and i can make a set of antlers out of it and let it dry for a week and a half. Great. I'm going to totally work with it. But, um, you know, chocolate is a little bit more instantaneous. However, it's a little um, less forgiving in the the kind of design and styling of it. So for structural pieces uh, or things that need precise, crisp edges or shapes, I will definitely go to a gum paste if I can and if I have the time. Wow. Yeah, so <laughs> it's hard to believe you're just a hobby baker know, because you know so much. <laughs> you're you're telling us all of these different different things that make you sound like you know exactly what you're doing. I try, you know, I can fake it. I fake it till I make it. Uh, there you go. <laughs> if not, if not, my other tag phrase is "fix it in post." <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a Photoshop expert. Spoiler alert for all you out there. No, um, I mean I will. I, I will have no problem touching up. I definitely fix color, fix lighting. Um, and if you know, I accidentally put my finger into a cake as I'm setting it up to um, photograph it, I have been known to do that. Um, or the, the, the refrigerator door closes on a cake on me. Um, you know, luckily if it's the backside, great. If it's not, we'll have to figure out what to do with it. But um, but uh, I'm a res- resourceful camper, as I like to say. So I will it do sounds, what I can do. It sounds like you've had some experience with some cake catastrophes of sorts do you have any good stories for us oh i wouldn't say it's necessarily a good story but i think it's a story that everyone has um i don't have a cake fridge uh again i that's my my next year's list for santa bring me a fridge (laughs) Uh, but uh so i i have to share with uh you know 
eating and drinking and normal day-to-day life. And uh, it is funny, I will say the, um, the amount of food in my refrigerator has dwindled over the months as more and more cakes and pieces of cakes end up in my fridge. So I find myself eating out a little too much, um, but that's a whole other story. So I open up the, the, the top part of the fridge and one door uh, can swing open all the way and it stays open. But the right side door, because of the configuration of my kitchen, uh, I can't open it far enough for it to lock in place. So it always swings close on me. So I'll put the cake right down on the counter next to it. I'll open the doors. And there has been more than one occasion where the door doesn't stay open long enough and I turn around and it's closed. And so I've either almost dropped it or um, I finagle it to try to go into one door and I hit, you know, the carton of milk next to it. I've hit the shelf on more than one occasion or I'll go to slide the cake in and I think I have enough clearance on top and I don't. Oh. And there's like a, a little metal structural piece on the shelf above that um that has taken out the top part of my cake um, on more than one occasion. I'm embarrassed to say as well. <laughs> So yes, the luxury of space I do not have in my refrigerator, and that has um, come to bite me in the butt more than more than once. <laughs> do you have room in your house for that second fridge you're wanting Santa to bring you? Um, so we went out into the garage because the garage is probably the closest place I can put it, and um, I can't find I can't find space that will be forgiving enough for it. Uh, we almost went out and bought a fridge just because. Um, I was asking for one for so much and then we measured and it, it just kind of didn't fit and I didn't want to have to, uh, you know, squeeze past my car or not be able to open the door wide enough. So I'm still trying to um, be strategic about how large of a fridge I can get and where, where on my property I can put it. So that's, <laughs> there's a pin in that one for now and we'll come back to it. <laughs> there you go. Well, it sounds, it sounds like Santa has treated you well, so he'll get you the right size fridge. You know what? <laughs> Santa's been very good, <laughs> whether it's me, Santa, or not. Um, <laughs> it, we, make it, we make it work. Again, uh, as go. I said earlier, the, the caking hobby is not a cheap one, but um, yep. but for now, I'm, I'm enjoying it and we're making it work. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Brian, how has caking just improved your life? It sounds like it really is just a fun thing that you love to do. So, really, just how has it made your life better? Uh, you know what? It's amazing. I, a year ago would have never, ever, ever thought that this is where I would be right now. Um, again, I, I had such a, you know, I had a good life, good job, great friends, great partner. Um, and I always, like I said, I needed that creative outlet. Um, I never thought that it would be cake. Uh, I always thought it was going to be gardening and re- renovation of my house, but um, it has been just such a fun, fun kind of path to travel down. I, I've learned a ton about myself, about my patience, about my creativity, um, but it's, I've also learned I could spend way too much time on Instagram. <laughs> um, it is amazing how much time and energy just managing an Instagram account takes and everyone listening out there knows um you're commenting you're posting you want to make sure that you're engaging um i mean it's it is a full-time job unto itself absolutely uh, i get a lot of sl- a lot of grief from that from a lot of people um but you know they're also understanding that I, i'm trying to um i'm gosh it sounds so so like into myself when i'm saying i'm trying to build a brand uh because you know i i 
I cringe when I hear people say that, but it's so true. Um, oh, so you no. know, I, I want to do that, but it's it's the the community out there is just so supportive and so amazing as well. Uh, I've met so many amazing people. Um, there is a, a group of wonderful women who um, has turned into my kind of cake family. They uh, we have our own little you know constant group chat that we are basically on 24 seven. We're there to support each other, bounce ideas off of each other, host collabs with each other. And, um, they are, they are truly like my cake family. And it's been awesome to, to kind of get to know each and every one of them over the past, you know, year, plus everyone else out there in the community. Uh, I never in a million years thought that I would get 500 followers. So seeing my, my little number grow has been, uh, awesome it's definitely um you know it's good for my my little frail ego that uh, people, <laughs> people want to actually see what i'm doing and people are engaging and you know people are so complimentary um so yeah it's just it's been a great creative outlet and a great kind of support group in a world that i never I never knew existed a year and a half ago yeah it's pretty amazing to me the the whole cake community and you know, we've we've seen things that we've been impressed by that people have done when we were, you know, experimenting with a lot of things. And I I can remember reaching out and asking questions of, of some cake makers, totally thinking they're never going to respond. And mm-hmm. then lo and behold, I get a response and they're not just telling me like how to do what I'm asking about, but they're wanting to see pictures when it's done. And they're I mean, there really is a really good supportive helpful group of people that are involved in this and it's been it's been eye-opening and it's also been it's a good it's a good testament of humanity and people and and how good people really are absolutely and and that's what i love you know sharing ideas sharing how you did something that technique that um you know has now become popular and people are actually sharing tutorials on how to do it and not holding it back i mean we we are all so different. We all have such a different take on cake and a different style that, so what if you're sharing your technique, someone is going to take that technique and either improve it, change it, maybe even give you a new idea that you never even thought about. So there's no reason to to hide or to hold things back. I think we can only grow as a community and as individual contributors uh, with the sharing of that knowledge. Exactly. I we agree. Can, we can only get better as we become a better community and so yeah perfect well, and, that's, and that's how i learned everything i watched the youtube tutorials i watched the instagram videos i would have never known how to do half the stuff that i do if it wasn't for people sharing that knowledge and sharing those techniques you know so why why should i not pay that back and do it you know do it with th- stuff that i'm learning or stuff that i want to share with other people yeah i think that's great that's actually one of the reasons we decided we wanted to do this podcast because there is such a good supportive group of people and we can learn so much from each other, but also just getting to know each other a little bit better is I, I think a valuable part of that community. And some of the, I mean, there are some really impressive and great and kind and good people that are involved. And so it's, it's really been an exciting thing to get to know people that are, that are doing cakes, whether it's for, a living or for a hobby or for therapy or for whatever. Absolutely. And and from all over the world too. I mean, I talk to people across the globe that, 
you know, me and my little Southern California bubble may never, ever come into contact with in, you know, the, I'm using air quotes, real world. But, um, but you know, the, the Instagram community and platform has given us that ability to just talk to anyone at any yeah. time. Yeah, well, honestly, I think you're an inspiration just having talked to you just right now, just hearing that it is just a hobby and it is just for fun. But I think so many people kind of feel like they can't go all in because they haven't gone to a culinary school or they they haven't been professionally trained or there's so many excuses. But you're just proving to everyone that you just need to have a passion and you just need to go for it and and just have fun with it and you can do it. Oh, well, that's a super sweet of you. Thank you for saying that. But I, I mean, I th- it's true. I I have zero training. Um, and, you know, I I may be one of those people that can pick up kind of anything and, and run with it. Um, but practice, absolutely. Practice makes perfect. And if you aren't comfortable with, you know, what you're trying, that doesn't mean give it up. That means watch those YouTube videos you know, bake a couple things and throw them away. Don't post them if you're not fully comfortable with it. But reach out to people too for tips and techniques and don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to send a DM. Don't be afraid to, to reach out in a forum um, because, you know, hopefully at least nine out of 10 times, you're going to get a response and you're going to get a supportive answer that will hopefully build your confidence and allow you to keep moving forward. Exactly. Right. Well, thank you so much, Brian. We're, we really appreciate you taking time to come on and talk to us and share your story. And um, we would encourage everybody to go look at his Instagram, Brian Bakes Cakes. It's so good and it, it's so creative. And we just um, we hope that we hope that your work inspires others to get out there and try it because baking is for everybody. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for, for even reaching out and thinking of me. It was such an honor to, to even be considered. There are so many people out there. Um, so I'm, um, again, super privileged and honored that you guys would even think of me to uh, to want to include. Um, but absolutely, anyone out there listening, please check out my, my uh, page, but also don't be afraid to reach out, send me a message. If you like something you see, you want to know how I did it, you want tips, you want advice, uh, you're a hobby baker and you want to, you know, further that that passion, please uh, interact, engage. I'm here to help. And hopefully I can encourage someone else to uh, to pick up the uh, the bench scraper and get to work <laughs> and throw a cocktail in there with it, too. Thank you, Brian. That was so much fun to talk to you. And just for our challenge this week, I was watching his Instagram this last week and looking through some of his pictures and realized that he has used the same cake for three different photo shoots now. I know supplies, as I've been looking around, especially with hobby bakers, but for a lot of people, supplies are becoming an issue. Like, it's difficult to get everything that you need. And I know for us, we had a birthday cake last week that we needed a a 21 cake topper for a girl that was turning 21. And usually we can just go to Amazon Prime and literally 48 hours later, we've got the topper. But this time it told us that it would be delivered like the end of April. And that wasn't going to work. So we had to improvise and make our own 
chocolate cake topper this last week. So I know supplies are difficult for people. So this week we thought maybe our challenge could be repurposing or reusing something. Um, Brian has used the same cake for three different photo shoots, just scrapes it down and does it again. That's not going to work if you're selling stuff, but let's all try to be creative and think of ways that we can reuse things we already have or make things work. Um, the cake topper that we made work actually looked really pretty. We did it in chocolate and then we painted it and attached it to skewers and, and it worked. So let's all try to think of some way that this week, either in our hobby baking or in our business, that we can make something work, improvise, and make something work that didn't. And we would love to hear your stories of what you're making work. Yeah, definitely. So good luck with that challenge, you guys. And stay tuned for next week when we'll be talking to a party planner. It's a little different. Um, she's not a cake artist. She's not necessarily in our cake industry. But she really but, appreciates what cake artists do. Absolutely. And I guess actually she is part of our industry, not necessarily in the baking part. But if we aren't building those relationships with the party planners, with the event coordinators, with all of the people who put us in line with clients, then we're missing out on a lot of opportunities. Yeah, it's an untapped, an untapped resource that we can use. And Carly has some really great suggestions for all of us cake makers. Exactly, yeah. And so Party with Carly will be on next week, and we are so excited. So stay tuned, you guys. Thanks for joining us. And thanks to Corey, our producer, who always makes things sound good. So <laughs> have a good week. Hey, everyone. This is Corey. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Also, subscribe to the podcast and follow the Let's Talk Cake podcast on Instagram so you don't miss out on any content. If you do the challenge this week, tag the podcast in your post and we'll share it in the next episode. Thanks again and we'll see you next Tuesday.